This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. Saturday, right here on WSJS Sports, we'll have Duke visiting North Carolina at Keenan Stadium. 11 a.m. pregame coverage. Noon kickoff, and we're now being joined by the head coach of the Blue Devils, David Cutcliffe. And I want to start, before we get to some of the fun stuff, with your running back, who just might be the best running back in the ACC, and Mateo Durant. He leads the league, or tied for the league lead, in touchdowns with eight. He's second in the league in rushing. But this is the part I wanted to ask you about with him. He's from... Plum Branch, South Carolina, population 87 people. How did you discover him, and when did you know he'd be special? Well, Derek Jones was on our staff at the time. He's from South Carolina, and he had a friend that had seen Mateo play. And so we we looked, and we were like, wow. Um, and he's the first guy from that county to every, ever play in the North Carolina, South Carolina Shrine Bowl, rightfully so. And they have one school. And when I say one school, I mean one building. And that building is K through 12. And I'm serious. And it was such a pleasure. And his mom teaches there. She teaches kids reading that are struggling with reading. And uh, it's just a beautiful little community. And they're a great family. And what a great story. But that is the absolute small-town guy. It's unbelievable when you really consider it that way. Uh, David Cutcliffe with us here on WSJS Sports. You've gotten good quarterback play from Gunnar Holmberg when he's healthy. 3-1 and one start for the Blue Devils this year heading into Chapel Hill. But I always like, sometimes something just isn't a fit for one reason or another. And you have the transfer portal for those reasons. Sean Clark was with us a couple weeks ago and said he talked with somebody on your staff back in December who was trying to convince him, you need to take Chase. You need to take Chase because he can play, and he's playing incredibly well at Appalachian State well. How good does it make you feel to see that obviously you guys are in a good spot, but Chase Bryce was able to land somewhere well with uh, Appalachian State too? I'm I'm really happy for Chase, and it's just – Sometimes a different set of circumstances, and when you get removed twice from where you went, you know, just a different perspective, and they've had a nice year this year, and really happy for him and Appalachian State. David Cutcliffe with us here. Got to ask you about the Manning cast. Peyton, I thought, was going to be the one carrying the show, but I realized he's carrying the show mostly because you could tell the older brother, younger brother dynamic when Eli tries to talk, Peyton talks over him sometimes, and I'm a younger brother. I can relate to that. But something struck me on Monday I wanted to ask you about today. Is Eli Manning funnier than Peyton Manning is? Because I thought he was a riot the other night. He is. Um, Peyton is clever. Eli is slapstick funny. You know, he can... Um, he he's he's sneaky, you know, and um, they're both great practical jokers. Um, 
you really got to keep your eye open on both of them. But, I mean, <laughs> Eli will do almost anything for a laugh. I think you're seeing that, are you not? <laughs> That's exactly what we're seeing. And sometimes the FCC gets involved where they say, hey, you can't do a double bird to the camera and you might have to read this card to apologize. It's great stuff from Peyton and Eli. Uh, they did tell that PB&J story back when Peyton was looking yeah. to figure out where he wanted to go play. It involved you, your wife, Jim Harbaugh, the Mannings. How do you remember the PB&J story? Oh, it's exactly like he said. Um, and um, in the end, Harbaugh just went in there and helped himself. He just went and grabbed stuff and started making himself a sandwich. And I think everybody there was kind of like, what? You know? Um, and there was, I don't know if they even said it, that he even had a bodyguard with him that was sitting like, I don't know, it was it, I felt like we were at Buckingham Palace. So the story <laughs> is pretty classic all the way around, believe me. Wait, who had the bodyguard? Harbaugh? Harbaugh, yeah. That's unbelievable. And, um, I don't know if he thought my wife was going to beat him up or what, but um, yeah, it was unique. Yeah. Uh, going back to that time, did you? I didn't realize how close you were in watching Peyton when he was working out at Duke. I guess I should have figured you were that close. Did you get a good sense he was going to go to Denver now that the statute of limitations has passed on this pretty soon after he met John Elway? Well, it really wasn't um, as much John as it was the entire group. Um, we had a number of meetings with different teams. He was living with us during that whole time. And so some of those meetings were at the house. Some we had over here uh, at at our complex or down in the indoor. And I think he felt really good about John Fox, uh, about the, the, the medical uh, staff, um, about Elway's intention of trying to put some people around him. And, uh, you know, it was a tough decision because there were other places that he had really seriously considered and I think particularly when people don't realize that he was absolutely all along early thought we were working to get him back to the Colts and then when Ursay called with the news that they weren't going to re-sign him I mean that changed everything so uh, it was a real unique time and um I had my day job called Duke Football and my night job called Peyton Manning, but it was all okay because it was inspirational to watch him do the amount of work he had to do to get himself back. It was truly an inspiration. I don't know if anybody else other than Peyton Manning could have, could have done it, but he did, obviously. Was there a moment where the neighbors realized that Peyton Manning was living in the Cutcliffe house? No, because I pull in the garage and... I had the big black car with the black windows, and uh, people just didn't see him. You know, he was over here working with our medical people, or down um, working out with me late at night. So we weren't out in the yard or out anything. So nobody had any idea. And of course, there were all the outlets, media outlets, were trying to find him. You know, 
So it was a it was a funny, interesting time. David Cutcliffe with us here, Duke at North Carolina, right here on WSJS Sports Noon Kick, eleven a.m. pregame start. I saw your dance moves after last week's win, but uh, for those in the radio audience who has not seen it, how would you describe your moves? <laughs> Freestyle. Okay, I just like to dance. Um, our mother taught us that. She would. We didn't have much, and so we had a record player and. As long as we didn't bounce around too much uh, and scratch a record, she would tell us there's never any charge for dancing. It's free of charge. So there's music everywhere. I would suggest people enjoy dancing more. What was a part of the record collection? Um, different things. I mean, Nat King Cole, she loved. Wow. Which was a little slower. Um, we had a little bit of... Um, I can't remember his name, the guy that did the twist. Um, Oh, my goodness. I'm I'm having a a senior moment here. Oh, you're talking about Chubby um, Checker? Yes. And then we had um, Willie Nelson, and it wasn't too – we could dance to anything. It didn't matter. But you got to remember music was a lot different in the late 50s and early 60s than what it is now, for sure. And then when you got older, I could just picture you in the 70s just – dancing at discos and things of that sort. I was disco. I could do the bump. I did all of that good stuff. I've always enjoyed myself in in music. I have a hard time standing still when it comes to music. Last thing for you. On the music note, tonight down I-85 or 77, depending on how you get to the Queen City, the Rolling Stones are playing Bank of America Stadium. Do you have a favorite Rolling Stones song? Oh my, you know, I'm I'm not as big a rock person as most people, um, you know, and okay. probably not, you know, not a favorite. So I don't, I like the Stones, you know, they came, I think they played here at, in, in Wallace Wade at one time before I came here, but it's crazy that, that they're still out there trying to do this, isn't it? Yeah, if if Mick Jagger can move that way, why not David Cutcliffe is my thinking. Yeah, I may have to get a, get on uh, YouTube, see if I can catch a clip of that and see <laughs> um, see what, what, what he's looked like moving. He's older than I am. So. You've got a dozen no, years on Mick Jagger, Cut. You know, he's older. So. <laughs> You've got him by a dozen years. So I expect Saturday, if you guys get the win... In Keenan Stadium, just to channel a little bit of Mick Jagger in the post-game locker room. We 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 um we may have to fire some stones out for you if <laughs> if we're fortunate enough to do that. We're going to have to play really well to get that opportunity. They're a talented, good football team. Really do appreciate the time, Coach. As always, best of luck. Go get them on Saturday. Thank you, Josh. Have a great afternoon.